All right, everybody. Thanks for listening uh, to Through the Garden. Today is Thursday, February 8th. Boys, what a week to be a Bears fan. <laughs> Super Bowl week. Bears are the topic of conversation. Uh, you love it and you hate it, huh? <laughs> hey, I mean, we got some pretty cool news tonight, if this seems to be true. It's from the Sun-Times, so it seems to be true. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I have not. Go for it. So uh, we got Devin Hester and Mongo going to the Hall of Fame per sources. Let's and go. former Bear Julius Peppers, if you care. I still kind of think he's a dirty, rotten traitor, but I, sh- I I need to get over that, frankly. I just seeing him in a Green Bay uniform after he was a Bear just made me sick. But he was a hell of a player and was very good for the Bears. So shouldn't be so angry towards him but mongo devin hester you gotta love it yeah no the good for them devin hester the best to ever do it at the position uh mongo was just a freak of nature like he he loved he loved uh contact like kids love candy which is just crazy so um it's an honor that he probably should have had a long time ago it's sad that he gets it now um but i'm i'm happy for him i'm happy for for devin uh yeah, I mean that's that's the best that's by far the best Bears news I've heard this week. And honestly, if we're thinking about it, that's a good chance then that the Bears are going to be in the uh, Hall of Fame game. Yeah, that's good true. Thought, that's kind thought. of what people have been saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it it releases uh tomorrow, right? On Thursday. Yeah. The full list. Okay. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. So, so this is per sources, obviously, but uh, I mean, I, I feel like. The Chicago Sun-Times wouldn't put this out if they knew it wasn't true. Definitely. Definitely. Well, no, that's yeah, that's so exciting. Good for them. I'm really excited yeah, for them. Yeah, we need some positive news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's too bad that, uh, you know, Mongo obviously won a Super Bowl with the Bears, but Hester and Julius Peppers did not. I mean, I remember when we got Julius Peppers and I thought, oh boy, here we go. And, you know, we we had some competitive teams with him but we never just got it done and then obviously Devin Hester with the Super Bowl return we thought we had it and then we didn't but uh you know we had some good memories with all of those players and you know Mongo was around before I was born but uh you, you just you hear so much about him and you know what he's going through in his family and his friends and you just you wish the world for Mongo and who can forget I was a little kid obviously but who can forget when Mongo sang "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" and then booed Angel Hernandez <laughs> and then got from out. the press box? Yeah, I love one it. of us. Yeah, one of us. One a of true, us. A, a true Chicagoan at heart, he became, and uh, th- that's what you got to because Mongo really and Devin Hester too uh, really embraced this city as their home. And yeah, obviously Julius Peppers wasn't around nearly as long. So it's, it's uh, people probably associate him with Carolina more than anything, which rightfully so, but yeah. you know, Hester and Mongo were purely one of us. Nobody remembers Devin 100%. Hester for being on the Seattle Seahawks. I can tell you that right now. No, or, or the Falcons. Falcons. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great way to kick off the show. I think we got a hell of a show lined up tonight. Uh, we got yeah. we got some Super Bowl to talk about. We'll talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl. Obviously, there's Bears news to get to. Some baseball stuff, some basketball stuff, some hockey stuff, some Chicago stuff. We're all over the map. Uh, that's why our uh, title is Through the Garden, which we've never really talked about. We we named it based off of um, getting a Chicago dog and putting all the stuff on a Chicago dog and then threw a duh in there because that's what we do. 
Um, just so, had a Chicago dog the other night, by the way, and okay. it was glorious because Chicago dogs are just amazing. Where from? Never a bad time. Uh, so this, have you heard of the patio by any chance? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, they make a good Chicago. I mean, they make a lot of good food. I go yeah. there a lot. Say, and, yeah. yeah. They got a, they the got a big menu, don't they? It's yeah. so underrated. Yeah. So underrated. <laughs> a lot of good choices, but yeah, I had it from there and they make a good one. That's awesome. My favorite uh, Chicago dog is at Wrigleyville Dogs up on Clark Street, uh, north mm-hmm. north of the field. Uh, mm-hmm. Go in there, tell them Tommy sent you. They'll do absolutely nothing for you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, honestly, I'm a big fan of Superdog, uh, closer to the city. But I've always been a fan. Chicago yeah. Dog, a nice shake. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong, Chicago Dog. Can't go wrong. Uh, so yeah, we got a hell of a show. Uh, let's kick it off with um, let's talk about the Pro Bowl right quick. It happened. And I have some takes on it that I don't know are going to be popular. Um, so I'll start. Guys, I kind of like the new Pro Bowl format. It was fun. I didn't watch a uh, single second of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. You probably carried the load yeah. for uh, the podcast in terms of watching yeah. the Pro Bowl. Yeah, so Sunday. I about five minutes. Yeah, so Sunday afternoon, Anna and I went for a really long walk. And then uh, we went to our favorite bar, Shout Out Country Club. Uh, over there on Clerk, uh, and we sat and we watched the Pro Bowl happen, the flag football game, and it was kind of fun. Like you could tell that the players were into it and having a good time. They actually wanted to win. Uh, and then there were like mini game. There was like an obstacle course at halftime, and then there was like a tug of war at the end of the third quarter. It was dumb, but the players were having fun. And to me, like that made it entertaining seeing how fun, how much fun the guys were having. And then of course, Jalen Johnson makes the play to end the game, which was pretty cool. So them, yeah, that, that is cool. I did see that highlight. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I saw of it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I had a good time watching it. So it was, honestly, to me, forward. it was a lot better than watching an actual football game that nobody wants to play. I was about to say for what kind of sports have become in terms of living in the social media age, it felt like it was a perfect event for it because yeah, it was easy to pull clips from it. It was easy to gain traction on TikTok, gain traction on uh, Twitter. So yeah, no objections. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. I mean, really, here's the thing is they also had the NHL all-star game and I, you know, I would have definitely watched it if Connor Bedard was playing. I would have been all over that skills competition, but he wasn't. So I was just like, and I normally really like the skills competition, but like without Bedard, I'm just like, eh, eh no interest really. Yeah. The, the the fact of the matter is, is I will never miss the home run derby, the MLB all-star game. I watch every single year. I never miss a minute of it. No. Yeah. The home run derby is far and away my favorite event of any all-star game in yeah. any sport yeah that's what i was talking about with some of the guys at the bar it was like this the home run derby and the and really the all-star game is really the only all-star game in sports that kind of has it right um yeah. Oh, yeah i did enjoy that the all-star game meant something but the fact that the players did not want it to mean anything and they went with it and the guys still are playing hard for bragging rights. I love that. Like, I, I yeah. enjoy watching. It's the, still a game. It's, still it's a an game. actual game. That's a, yes. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the actual game. And that's the game where you can have guys in the field mic'd up, you know? Like, you can yeah, have right. Freddie Freeman yeah. at the plate telling, 
the audience at home what he thinks is going to be thrown to him. And you got the pitcher <laughs> saying, you got a, uh, remember when Liam Hendricks was out there and he was just like, I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, like that was awesome. One. That was so much fun. So yeah. And then the home run derby, you can't beat that. I wish they did the old format again. That's my only complaint, but I'm still going to watch the home run derby. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's I kind of have mixed feelings on the timer thing. I mean, the old format, I think, was the best. I, I get why they would try this new format, but I think the problem you get with the new format is, is that when you rush these swings, eventually these guys are going to get tired. And, and yeah, right. we're in the old format. Who didn't love the golden ball in uh, that yeah. final round? Yeah. Like, that was fun. and. Yeah. The home run derby I'll never forget, and I'm sure you guys watched it too, was back in 2008 at Yankee Stadium. Was it oh. Justin Morneau that went off that? It was, or, Josh, no, it was Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. It was Josh Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. Morneau, I think, won it, but Hamilton right. had that historic yeah, round. 28 in the first round. And yeah. it was like that was the best boomer called home run derby of all time. Yes. And one of the oh, calls yeah. that he Easily. did, it was yeah. when Josh hit like eight of them, like eight pitches in a row gone. And then his call of this one's going to the moon was like, yes. that got me <laughs> off my couch was like, this and that was, incredible. And that was at Yankee stadium, the final year of yeah. Yankee stadium. So yeah. you had 50,000 plus people going absolutely bonkers. Oh, it was and, awesome. You know, nobody, few people remember that like Justin Morneau won that, but everyone remembers Josh Hamilton's just historic performance. Right. And yeah. I mean, oh, here's because yeah. like you have stuff like that. And then obviously I think the dunk contest has a lot of historic value. Like the, Michael Jordan yeah. dunk contest is still talked about today. But, um, you know, you, you, you look back at Pro Bowls and some of the skills competitions in other sports, they just kind of come and go where moments in the home run derby and the dunk contest like are, are still talked about to this day. Right. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. A, and the dunk contest is dead. Like it's dead. It's dead. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's have, nowhere near what it used to be. Yeah. It have, was so great. They, they have run out of dunks. They have run out of Kias to jump over the hood of. And um, you don't have any Michael Jordan. No, right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. let's face it. Yeah, I mean, and that's why, like, we were kind of spoiled growing up because, I mean, we had T Mac, we had Vince Carter, we had Michael Jordan. We were blessed. Uh, we were blessed. The golden era in terms of dunks. And Nate Robinson Nate, won a Nate dunk Robinson, contest. Yeah. Nate even Robinson, Nate Robinson yeah. came through, but now it's just too gimmicky. So it's kind of sad yeah. to see. But like you said, we'll always have the home run derby. Yeah. Sorry, I'm yelling, boys. Like I'm, I'm amped tonight. I'm amped. <laughs> You're amped. Ready to roll. Hey, correction from last week. Okay. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to correct me from something I said, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I would, oh, yeah. Hand up. I put on something that was wrong. Yeah, hand up. I put up a shitty performance last week. I'm back. I'm ready to <laughs> no, roll. No, you're fine. Um, it was no, fine. No, it was Chicago sports. Yeah. Uh, but one more thing about the MLB All-Star Game, and then we'll get back on track here. When that thing comes to Wrigley, this place is going to be rocking. I cannot wait for a Wrigleyville All-Star Weekend. Uh, you're so keep waiting. Fun. I know. Yeah. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh there is an event coming to Wrigley, but, but we'll get to that. Uh -huh. We'll get to that after we talk about the Super Bowl. We gotta talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um I it's gonna be the Chiefs, isn't it? Yeah. That's my prediction. Yes. It's yeah. Like I say on every show, until Pat Mahomes doesn't win, I can't go against him. Yeah. And I think my big fear for the 49ers is that, and I mentioned this on last week's too, um, we saw them dig a hole against Green Bay. 
they were able to get out of it against an inexperienced team. They dug an even bigger hole against the Lions. Same thing. They dug out of a hole against an inexperienced team. You are now facing one of the top five coaches of all time and someone who's going to be maybe the best quarterback of all time. If you dig a hole like that again, you're you screwed. ain't winning. You're, you're not coming back from that. No. Yeah, you're you're and, just not. And there's no evidence to say that the that the 49ers are not going to dig themselves into a hole. Because right, they've like, done it twice already. Yeah, they wait until the last minute. And they did it in the regular season, too. I don't know how much of the 49ers. Oh, I know I know somebody watched a lot of the 49ers. But <laughs> they did it a lot in the regular season of, like, they decided when. Like, sometimes it was the second quarter. Sometimes it was the third. Sometimes the fourth. They were like all right, let's turn it on. Let's go win this game. And then they did. They're not going to be able to do that on Sunday. If, the Chiefs, get the, Chiefs. A, if the Chiefs get a, a, a two-digit lead, it's over. Ten points, it's over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think at the very least, if, they go into, if, if the 49ers go into halftime down 10 or under, I think there's still a chance. If you're down only by like – three or seven I think you have a chance obviously but if you're down like 14 17 at halftime it's really going to be difficult to come back from that because listen look at what the Chiefs defense has done too I mean look what they did against who's going to be the MVP in Lamar Jackson they forced turnovers at the right time they you know obviously it was a shootout early on between the Bills but when the time had to come to make some defensive plays, they were able to get some stops against Josh Allen. Uh, so that defense is very capable of making a big stop. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, the one thing what I'm kind of curious to see too is you mentioned Josh Allen. What the Bills was so fascinating because the Bills controlled that game, except for they didn't hand the ball off to James Cook. I think if the Niners have a lead in this Super Bowl, like they did against the Chiefs in 2020. You have Christian McCaffrey in your backfield. I think that could be a difference maker. If the Niners are up nine this time around and you have Christian McCaffrey, that's probably going to be the only hope. Here's the thing. If the Niners go up early, I don't even have the confidence that they can stop the Chiefs. I just I just think this, is, this is the Chiefs a lot. This is a lot the Chiefs. And uh, like Alex keeps preaching on every everywhere he goes – until Patrick Mahomes fails, you can't bet against him. That's irresponsible. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm still not, going with the Chiefs. I am not betting yeah. on this game. I am sitting the Super Bowl out. I am saying. Oh, no. There's some easy I, money to be won off I can't the do it. Uh, Taylor I, Swift props. I can't do it. <laughs> there are so many bets you can make that have nothing to do with the actual Tails game. Tails never action. fails, baby. Tails never fails. There you go. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously you have the color of the Gatorade and, yeah. you know, the national anthem. You always bet the over. That is the easiest always. money in yeah. sports. Always bet the over on yeah. the national anthem. Yeah. And people can look at Reba's past and say, oh, well, you know, back in the 1980s, she sang the national anthem. It was this short. I'm like, listen, she wasn't singing as a superstar at the Super Bowl and back now, then. And now she's got an audience up there. Rest in peace, Toby. Oh, Keith. yeah. Uh-huh. Huh? Uh-huh. Over. I love it. I love it. You know what? One bet. One bet. I'm going over with the anthem with you. I'll ride with you. For the first time in history, it'll be under, and then Tommy's going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) I would never. Hey, I would never. I would never. I would never. All right. Well, there's your Super Bowl preview. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I think it's the Chiefs, and then 
Same. I can't wait. I tell you what, I will I will love the day that we come in here to record next week and it's the Niners. I'll have so many things to say. I'm gonna say if I'm gonna give a final score here, my prediction is Chiefs twenty six, forty niners seventeen. I'm gonna go thirty three seventeen. I'm gonna go with thirty one fourteen Chiefs. So you guys are going over thirty. Yeah. Yeah, I think they score thirty. And, and here's here is my logic behind under 30 is I think that if they have the lead late, they're just going to go into that mode of we don't need to score. We just need to control the clock and yeah. not make a mistake. That's fair. That's, That's kind of my thinking behind it. I, I, I'm not saying you guys are going to be wrong. That's just my thinking behind yeah. it. Also, if I were a betting man in this game, which I'm not going to be t- Travis Kelsey two times. Two oh, times. at least once for sure. Two, yeah. two dose. All right. Yeah, I, I think if I were to bet two guys to get a touchdown in the Super Bowl, I'd say McCaffrey for the Chiefs. And then I think uh, for the 49ers, uh, kind of like in Christian McCaffrey to, to get a touchdown. Um, if I'm going to go somebody else, I want to say George Kittle, but I think I'd lean towards Debo. Uh, oh, Debo. Debo's, Debo's got to show up if they're going to do something in this game. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. All right, well, I wish that was the talk of the Super Bowl, but it's not. The talk of the Super Bowl is the Chicago Bears and what they're going to do with the first overall pick and if the first <laughs> overall pick would even want to come to the Chicago Bears. Um, I will describe the story, and then Jordan, I will give you the floor because Jordan has been uh, a very nice rock to have. Uh, he has cradled me and held me and, and talked me out of several things, so I'm going to let him talk us off the ledge here. Deep breaths, everybody. Colin Cowherd went on his stupid show last week (laughs) and said that Caleb Williams probably doesn't want to go to Chicago. And then all hell broke loose. He said it in the morning. And then Parkins and Spiegel on 670, the score in the afternoon, ran it. And Danny Parkins had just an attack. And it was convincing. And I believed it. And then Jordan told me, Hang on. Be okay. The next morning, Colin has to walk back everything he said while keeping the door open that it's possible that Caleb Williams does not want to come to Chicago. Then they had him on Parkinson's Spiegel, Colin Cowherd, and he basically, I mean, all but said, it's not Caleb Williams that doesn't want to go to Chicago. It's Colin Cowherd that doesn't want Caleb Williams to go to Chicago. Because he's got some sort of vendetta against the city of Chicago, which I should have seen a long, long time ago. Um, Is there still a possibility out there? Yes, because Cliff Kingsbury goes from USC to be the OC in Washington. Uh, Now the talk of the town is Washington's lineup to offer just a massive deal to the Bears for the number one pick. Who knows if it's open or not. Jordan, I'm going to give you the floor to say words, and then after you're done, I'm going to ask both of you a question. So, <laughs> I think we learned a valuable lesson last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, the Parkinson's speaker show did too. Colin Cowherd is great at his job because he's able to formulate his opinions and spin it as a, in a way in that it's news. Mm-hmm. But if you break down everything from that segment on his show it was all opinion 
And if you know Colin Cowherd, if you've seen him talk about the Bears, he doesn't like him. So he took his disdain for the Bears, his fondness for USC and Caleb Williams, and be like, nope, I do not want to watch Caleb Williams with the Chicago Bears, so I'm going to say X. That's not true. Caleb Williams has and Neville probably will say that he doesn't want to play for the Bears. If you look at all the actual reporters, uh, there seems to be a theme amongst what they think the Bears would do. And sure, Caleb Williams had a cup of coffee with uh, Cliff Kingsbury at USC last year. But I think what we're forgetting is Caleb Williams actually regressed last year with Kingsbury as part of the offense. So mm-hmm. he's not a kingmaker when it comes to Caleb Williams. Bottom line, if the Bears have a need, if the Bears think they have a need at the quarterback, they control the draft. They're going to take a quarterback. There's nothing Washington can offer to make them move off that stance. Definitely. Uh, Alex, do you have words to say here? Here is how I can kind of see this is people will formulate a weird argument that the Bears don't have leverage. They have all the leverage in the world. I mean, it's, listen, if they want to take Caleb Williams, they can. There's no limitation. You got the first overall pick. There is there is nobody you, you can't not take with that pick. You don't have to worry about anybody falling to you with the first overall pick. But what if they don't want to take Caleb Williams? Which leads me to my question, actually, if Mm -hmm. I may. You guys are the general manager of the Chicago Bears now. Oh, no. Congratulations. Hell of a job. Clock's ticking. You're asking it, aren't you? Ten minutes are on the clock. Are you drafting Caleb Williams, or are you taking the haul that the New England Patriots are going to offer you, including two first-round picks back into the second round and probably a third? I am taking Caleb Williams. Uh, The quarterback position has been a problem for all of our lives in Chicago. Justin Fields is definitely one of the most exciting athletes we've seen, one of the most exciting quarterbacks we've seen. But, well, after his third year, he hasn't answered the question. That lack of an answer is an answer. Take the quarterback. Alex? You guys can't see it, but he's very distraught right now. Poor Alex. He's just <laughs> nobody. Nobody I mean, loves this is, team harder than it us. It's a tough decision. Yeah. Here's the thing. There are things about Caleb Williams that kind of scare me. Sure. I feel like we'd run into some of the same issues with Justin Fields. But if you don't take him and he goes elsewhere, and he looks Mm -hmm. generational. We're going to be shooting ourselves in the foot as much as we were with Pat Mahomes. Sure. And that would be really freaking tough to swallow. Also, there is that thought of, we got a haul last year. What if we get another one? Like, 
could you imagine just stocking up on first round picks? What if you 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 get this haul and you have more picks in this draft and a shit ton more next draft? And you don't even have to use all of them in that draft. If you want to go get somebody in a trade, you have all the ammo in the world. This is hard because if if Washington comes to you with just the most desperate trade package in the history of the NFL, it's hard to say no to that. But if you're getting a trade package that looks okay, not great, I think you got to take Caleb Williams. Okay. And so that is your final pick, take Caleb Williams. Final decision, <sighs> final answer. Yeah, it, it's, it, I just, it, it's, it all comes down to what if we miss another one? Great. Yeah. Yeah. It There's it, the mental gymnastics that you play for each scenario. Because, like, here's the thing. Imagine if ju- you had Justin Fields and he looked so much better this year. Like, if he looked like a, a legitimate Pro Bowl and he was your guy. Yeah. Then you say, we're just going to draft the first pick again. We'll just do exactly what we did last year. Sure. What makes this interesting, though? is I feel like if Justin Fields looked really good, you probably wouldn't have the leverage you'd have on a possible trade package because everyone would know they're not taking a quarterback. Now, and again, I I know that last year people (laughs) thought that too. You have yourself in a blender, my guy. (laughs) I I know, I do. (laughs) I, I mean, last year people thought, okay, they're not taking a quarterback, but they still got a haul. But this year... If Justin Fields truly looked like a pro bowler, I, I think that people would be like, well, they're clearly not going to take a, a Caleb Williams, so why should we offer as much of a desperate package to sure, them? Sure, Um, Okay. Now it's my turn. I have a question for you boys to answer, <laughs> to answer my question. Who was the top quarterback prospect of the 2017 draft? Mitch Trubisky. Okay. And I always kind of saw it as Deshaun Watson, but maybe right. I'm wrong. That's where I was thinking it was Deshaun. I mean, yeah, or it, it was, was either Deshaun. it was Deshaun. Mitch got picked first, right? Yeah. yeah. When people traded up, or when the Chiefs traded up to get Pat Mahomes, when they had Alex Smith, a lot of people questioned it. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. You trade down. You trade down in the draft. You take the haul from whoever's going to give you the haul, and you trade down for multiple reasons. The first reason being, I am not going to sit here and watch the Bears do the same thing for the third quarterback in a row of trade up to get a guy, and then the coach gets fired, and then the quarterback has to learn a new system, and then he doesn't get it. And then he leaves, and then the Bears draft another quarterback, and then the coach gets fired, and then the quarterback has to learn a new system, and then it doesn't work out, and then that quarterback leaves, and then we draft another quarterback. I'm not doing that again. I don't care who Caleb Williams is. I don't care about Drake May. I don't care about Jaden Daniels. I don't care. The principle is you brought Matt Eberfuss back. You have, you have made your bed. 
that you believe in Eberflus, you believe in Poles, you ha- Justin Fields is linked to them. I don't care if they're not the ones that didn't draft him. You are saying that you believe in what is being built here. So to just trade Justin Fields and then tr- and then get the draft pick, you have you don't have to trade up to get number one. You are number one. You take the quarterback. It doesn't work this year. I'm sorry. When you ended the season, you said this team is ready to win. If this team loses again next year, everybody's getting fired, and we're starting all over again. So, and, and then we go get Ben Johnson, and then we start this whole thing again. Great. You trade the pick. You ride out Justin. You build more things around him, even though you've built things around him already. You do it again because you're saying, Justin, I believe in you. Here's more stuff. Go win. And then you go win. And I'm I'm sorry, but I'm going against the grain. I don't want Caleb Williams. I don't want Drake May. I don't want Jaden Daniels. And if they go on and have great careers, great. But it's going to taste really sweet if Justin Fields stays and we figure it out. And if he doesn't and those guys go up and be great, that's my expectation because we're the Chicago Bears. So who cares? I mean, you do lay out like a real good point in terms of the case for making Justin Fields to stay. And that's why it's such a fascinating decision as well, because at the end of the day, whatever polls decide to do, it's not like we're watching Tyson Bajan start 17 games for the Bears next year. We should see good quarterback play, whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's Justin Fields. One thing I will say is we can't just skate by the reference of Deshaun Watson being the top-rated quarterback in 2017. Non-football stuff aside, obviously a bad guy, but he was a clear top quarterback in that draft. He turned out really well for Houston. Uh, similarly, Houston got another top-rated quarterback last year. It worked really well. Sure. And do you really want to see another MVP caliber quarterback at Soldier Field counting the number of touchdown passes he's throwing against your team? I'm numb to it. I'm numb. That's I'm fair. sorry. I'm numb. <laughs> That's right. Like, That's right. We, I have, it would take until I am 54 years old to get back to 500 if we beat the Packers from now until then yeah, that's in fair. my lifetime. Yeah, that's fair. That's I cannot call. be more broken than I've already been broken. So they can pa- <laughs> they could just say, you know what? I don't want any draft picks and then just give them all away and I would not be more broken than I've already been. So <laughs> that's fair. I'm numb, you know? Like that's the point yeah. I'm at. They have made their bed with Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus. Okay? Just do it. Trade away, no, get fair. the haul, and then if Justin doesn't work out and you trade the number one pick to Washington, Washington isn't going to be fixed just like that. The NFC East is hard. The Eagles are good. The Cowboys are good. The Giants are right there. It is a tough division that nobody's won two times in a row since 2004. So it's not going to be a cakewalk for them. They could have. They could end up having the number one pick next year, and then we have the number one pick again, and then we can do this again for the rest of freaking time. But I I just think that if you trade Justin Fields and you get a new quarterback, we're doing the exact same thing we've done two times now. And if it doesn't work out and we do it a third time in a row, this city will burn down again. 
So let me ask this. If they do draft a quarterback, it's a losing season, but say it's seven, eight wins and Caleb Williams looks great. Are you upset? Are you mad? We've gone nowhere. We've done the exact same thing with a different quarterback, right? In year one on a rookie quarterback. Sure. Yeah. And then I'm just like, whatever. Do whatever you want. If da- if Caleb Williams, tell you what, I will walk back everything I'm saying. If Caleb Williams is number one pick and he turns out to be incredible, I'll walk back everything I'm saying. Well, I mean, but my brain, is- my brain is functioned to believe we're going to draft Caleb Williams and he's not going to do anything. And Jaden Daniels no, yeah, is going to win fair. four MVPs in a row. And that's what's kind of crazy. Uh, just speaking about Jaden Daniels, I did get into like a scenario like. What if Poles falls in love with a non-Caleb Williams quarterback? I'm not talking about Bo Nix. I'm not talking about Michael Penix or JJ so McCarthy. Funny, it would be. Uh, so but what if funny. he does? What if Poles does fall in love with, say, May or Daniels? Because then you have a scenario where you're not only going to trade down from one, get a haul, but you're also going to trade Justin Fields and get more draft picks, which would be a crazy scenario. Sure. I wouldn't do it. I still have Williams ahead of uh, May and Daniels, but it is a curious situation that had me thinking. Jordan, I was thinking the same thing. It, it, truly, I was yeah. thinking, like, what if they want to take another quarterback and that's not Caleb Williams and you could still trade down to get a quarterback? Right. If right. you did, if you weren't drafting Caleb Williams, like if Caleb Williams didn't exist, who would you pick as a quarterback? Daniels. I think I would too. No. I mean... I'm not saying this is logical or the right thing to do, but what if you didn't trade Justin Fields and you did trade down and you still drafted a quarterback? You you fire everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You fire Man, there are people players. out then, there that then, would do that you know, would want to do that. And um then you know who you are? You're the Chicago Bulls. Congratulations. You did it. Yeah, and that's nonsense. And the people that are saying, oh, the Bears can keep Fields, trade down. Usually at like Taysom Hill. <laughs> How no. many times do we yeah. hear if you have no. two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks? How many times right. do we hear and that? Yeah. If you're keeping fields, the reason you're keeping fields is to build around him. You would be wasting that by using a first round pick on a quarterback. So yeah. no, yeah. that's not happening. Yeah. I appreciate I just I, no, your guys' reaction. Right. To that. Yeah. I knew you weren't <laughs> serious and I appreciate I, what you did. Uh, you're taking advantage of me drinking a C4 right now at nine o'clock at night. Amped up. Yeah. I have a lot of blogs to write tonight, boys. Um, oh, so you got you got to you better be energized tonight, man, because those late night typing. Oh, that's that's yeah, rough. Yeah, no, a lot of blogs you. to write. I yeah, I'm uh, taking the weekend off. Uh, Ann and I are going up to Minnesota, hang out, there you uh, go. sit around and sleep and do nothing. Uh, and then uh, and then I'll be back for the Super Bowl. I'll be back in town for the Super Bowl. But it'll be nice to just kind of unplug and unwind a bit. Nice. Um, yeah. Okay. So. We're going to be talking about the Bears for a very long time to come. We have more takes. I'm sure we'll get to them. Mm. <laughs> for the time being, let's just move on with our lives. Yes? Uh, Please. Okay, yeah. We let's, need it. How about some baseball, boys? We're 49 days now until opening day. How about it? All right? Can't wait. We got, Yay. like, I, I walked by Wrigley, like, yesterday. I walked by. Everything's looking great. Christmas stuff is down. We're getting a new roof on the place. Uh, it. It's looking like people are getting ready, you know? The the bars are, are starting to fill up. People are starting to get out and walk on the streets a little bit. Can't wait for that first win and walking down Clark Street. I cannot wait. 
Um, but is Bellinger going to be there? Yes. I'll answer. I think so. Yeah. I, I still think so. Um, March, right? I say March. Yeah. Late February, yeah. March. I, I, I just, yeah. There's yeah, so yeah, many before, guys out there who are unsigned. Yeah. I was just yeah, talking. It's yeah. a, Sorry, go ahead. Go very ahead. Yeah. It's a very unique off season. Um, and that's why I was pushing back a little bit with some of the guys at Cubby's crib. They're like, oh, Bellinger has to have full spring training. He doesn't have to have a full spring training. Former MVP. Um, and another thing that like, if we compare it to 2018, when there was Harper, there was Machado, uh, the players union got together. They had a mock spring training. You're facing live pitching. So next week is not a deadline in terms of the Cubs having to sign Bellinger. Um, as long as he's in camp by March, I think everything will be fine. We'll be fine. The one nice thing about modern day baseball etiquette, if you will, or, you know, uh, procedure, whatever the right term is, uh, is that it's not like the old days where people showed up to spring training completely out of shape and spring training was there to get in shape people are staying in shape all year long and you know it's spring training just kind of getting back into somewhat of a groove so Mm -hmm. though if it's march 20th and he's still not signed then i think there's a little reason to be worried but um if he's not signed by if he's not signed by the Cubs by march 20th he will be signed somewhere by march 20th yeah, and I'm not so, saying yeah. it's going to happen. I just, I, I feel like that, you know, okay, if you miss like the week of pitchers and catchers reporting, uh, okay, that's not as much. And, you know, maybe there's something to the point of some players don't, aren't really interested in going through all of that spring training. Um, I think they were talking about it on the score where it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, all these spring training games, split squad, yippee. Like, it's kind of just... You just kind of do it to do it now. and mm-hmm. But yeah. you, you don't want to miss an entire spring training, obviously. But, like, you know, if you if a player signs the first week of March, I don't think it's going to do much damage. No, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll um, be good. So I was just talking with the guys um, over on Pinwheels and Ivy, the podcast. Uh, by the way, signed on. I signed on with Sports Mockery. If you haven't seen, I'm going to be writing some blogs for them for the Cubs. Uh, yep, congratulations. Thank you. thank you. Very excited for that. Um and uh but I was talk I was on the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast, so go listen to those guys. Uh we were talking about the whole Bellinger situation. And um <laughs> the so Passon came on the radio today and said that uh he predicts that uh one of the Boris four, the four being Bellinger, Snell, Montgomery and Chapman, one of them is going to sign with the Cubs. And my reaction was, yeah, no shit. Like, of course. It's going to be Bellinger. They're going to. But they could. They could get one more, you know? And the only reason I say that is because you got Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery out there, right? Jordan Montgomery was a huge part in the Rangers making it to the World Series. He didn't do so well in the World Series, but he did a lot to get them there, right? And Mm -hmm. then Blake Snell won the Cy Young. Like the fact, and so, uh, <laughs> Mike Mon or yeah, Montgomery, Mike Montgomery. Did you hear that? I said Mike Montgomery. Shout out yeah, Mike Montgomery. World's World Series in the World Series. Yeah, Jordan Montgomery has been working out in Boston, and the Red Sox aren't even talking to him, which is crazy to me. Which I think we talked about already. But anyways, him being available 
that's a guy you get like, hey, why don't you come to your contract, opt out of the first year, after the first year, if you don't like it, and then come prove it. He takes the fifth spot in the rotation. Then we have a surplus of like starters slash long relievers that could be a little dangly piece for a trade. Yeah. Anybody? So I wouldn't prioritize starting pitching now. Reason why you say that is because we do have a surplus of pitching. Um, they also have a surplus of outfield prospects that are going to be blocked. I feel like at the deadline, whether it's Shane Bieber, whether it's Dylan Cease, you would be able to acquire that ace when you truly need him. Um, I did hear the Passan clip. There's actually a fifth boss client. I think the Cubs should really keep an eye on it's JD Martinez. So mm-hmm. if you what want to talk wonderful. about that, they want to sign. Yeah. yeah, if they want to sign two, you could sign Bellinger to the long term deal. He's your center field first base, depending on what you want to do with Pete Crow Armstrong and Michael Bush. But as your DH, JD Martinez on a one or two year deal, he had 33 home runs last year with the Dodgers. He would be a mm-hmm. great fit at Wrigley Field. So I, that's a great idea. That that kind of shifts my brain completely. What a wonderful <laughs> idea. Screw the pitchers. Well, yeah, seriously. Like <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because yeah. you think about it, you get Bellinger. He's probably going to be majority first base who can play everywhere in the outfield. Um, and then you have Michael Bush playing third, right? Who could also play first. Christopher Morell is still there, who could play wherever. There's a lot of versatility on this team, and you don't have to rely so much on the streakiness of Patrick Wisdom. So, man, J.D. Martinez just flips my whole perspective because the perspecto, um, the ratings came out for fan graphs and stuff. They have both of them. One of them has the Cubs two games under 500, and one one of them has the Cubs two games over 500. Mm-hmm. And making the last right. wild card spot. So we're looking at about a 500 team right now without yeah. Bellinger. You get mm-hmm. Bellinger, you get JD Martinez, and I trust this pitching staff. Then we're kind of talking about 86, 87, 90 wins, maybe a division. And that's what should be the expectation. Um, we look at the Cubs last year, they were like, oh, they were an 83 win team. That's where they should be entering the season. But really, the Cubs underplayed their expectations based off of, you know, Pythagorean record. They should have been an 88-win team yeah. uh, last season. So that, at the very least, should be their floor heading into the season. They're not there yet, but with Bellinger, with another bat like Martinez, I think they get pretty close. Yeah. No. That's well, I, a, think, yeah. I think Martinez is a lot easier attainable. Frankly, I would love Jordan Montgomery on this team, but that's going to no. cost you. I just don't see it. And I don't see them going big on Blake Snell either. And no, no. I, I do, I have a slight disagreement here in saying F the pitching. Um, here's the thing. If you look at the way this rotation is lined up, Jamison Tyone is probably your two. Yeah. That's not good enough. So you That's would go. So you would go. Yeah. Steal one. Tie on two. Hendricks three. I'd put oh, Imanaga three. Imanaga three. Yeah. Hendricks four. Hendricks is a five at this point. Yeah. This yeah. Game, and then Wicks. And I, re- yeah. I I like Wicks. 
And I like Tyone too. I think the second half last year showed kind of more of what he's capable of, but not as a two. That's fair. Yeah. Now as a two, yeah. You can buy more pitching at the deadline if you're in it. But I just I really wish we had one more top of the end rotation type guy. I think, yeah, I'm with you. I would like, if we were going to go after one, I would choose Jordan Montgomery. I think the upside on Jordan Montgomery is higher than the upside of Blake Snell. And all respect to Blake Snell, who just won a Cy Young award, but he's also younger. Correct. Yeah. A bit more durable. Yeah. I think Jordan Montgomery would be the one that I would target. And and wouldn't that be just such a Jed Hoyer move to make of like, nobody super expects it. And then he gets it done. That's that's yeah. It just seems like the kind of thing that he would do. So, um, there are plenty more Cubs to talk about. Seasons right around the corner. I cannot wait for baseball. I cannot wait to be Same. back at Wrigley Field watching baseball. It's the perfect companion. Whether it's a weeknight, week uh, during the day on the weekend, you throw the game on. Nothing better. And the fact that we're still the only team that plays Friday afternoon games at home. Oh, it's so give great. It, yeah, it, it is good. Give it is good. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, Altuve got an extension. Witt got an extension. Big money being thrown around. Real quick, do you guys see anybody on a Chicago roster that's going to get that kind of contract coming up? I right don't. Now, I'm gonna. I'm gonna right tell now, you right no. now. I don't. I don't see no. it at all. No. Okay. All right. Great. No. Then we can move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basketball. Remember that sport? I try not to. Bulls suck. They they suck at playing basketball, even though they win sometimes. And they suck at managing a basketball team. And they suck at making us happy. It's just, it's so infuriating what this team is doing. They, that Timberwolves win, that's going to totally convince them that everything's fine I, and they exactly. need to stay status quo. Exactly. I was going to say, they're they, doing it again. If look, you see the messaging coming out from the front office today, it's like, oh, we think we, we have a chance. We can, get, that, be we can get into yep. that play-in tournament and win the first game and get blown out in the second game. We can do it. This And why just, is the play-in tournament the the goal? I mean, what are we doing here? But we could waste countless time talking about the Bulls, but nothing. Yeah, I don't want to the Miami Heat and they're not the Miami Heat. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Like I just want to acknowledge like the existence in my heart for them to want to do well, but they refuse to try. And it's yeah, talk about the Bears doing the same thing over and over again. The Bulls are right there. Like it's just a Honestly, bad organization. I have to shout out Zach Levine because my man heard the Detroit Pistons rumors gaining steam. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? And he goes, my leg? I'm going to get surgery on my foot and be out this season. I'm like, I see what you did, Zach. I see what you did. Yeah. Uh, Power to him. Power to him. I mean, it's not his fault. The Bulls should have traded him last offseason. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not going to waste it. I mean, I I have an outside hope that. At some point tomorrow, we'll see Caruso traded to Golden State. And as a way to kind of get, as a way to get Golden State to take Caruso, the Bulls just tatch on uh, the Levine contract. The Bulls will probably have to take Chris Paul back, but they can get out of the Paul contract this summer. But again, it's a pipe dream scenario for a team that thinks so still. Jordan, I'm going to tell you right now to lose that hope because it's not. I know. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think that's, uh, 
a little far-fetched, buddy. Yeah. yeah. It is, but yeah. hey, we could dream for one one night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right, let's end the night on a very happy topic. I, Alex, I know you're pumped about this. I'm uh-huh. pumped about this. Jordan's pumped about this. Blackhawks are hosting the NHL Winter Classic at Wrigley Field 2025 against the St. Louis Blues. The promo video of Connor Bedard in the old scoreboard just gave me goosebumps, and I am so there. I am going to this game. So am I. I yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to make it a point to go. I cannot, I cannot stress enough how much I want to be there. I don't care what the weather is. I don't care what the uniforms look like, which they're going to be sweet. I can already tell you they're going to be sweet. Oh, yeah. They'll be I, top just, tier. I don't even care where I sit in the place. I have to be there. I am so excited that this is happening. Me too. I, it, I'm yeah. literally going to parrot what you just said. Yeah. And, I, and it gives me hope, going back to talking about the All-Star game, it gives me hope that the MLB is going to be watching this and think, hey, if they do really well at an event that isn't even baseball at that place, a baseball game would go pretty well there too. Huh? So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, cuz the last time that they the last time that they hosted well, the, Chicago was in it and it was in South Bend. They had a whole like thing in Millennium Park like promoting the game in mm-hmm. at Notre Dame. There's going to be stuff happening that week in the city to promote this, especially in Wrigleyville. Hey, they packed Soldier Field for the other outdoor game. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, like, they're gonna they're gonna give MLB a blueprint of how to build this thing up, and then the All Star Game comes, they know exactly where to go and what to do and what what space to utilize. You know. And the yeah. fact that Wrigley Field is freshly renovated, you got Gallagher Way, you got the video boards. It's it's so much more suitable to host this game now than it was back in 2009. And yeah, exactly. I cannot wait for this. It's going to be so much fun. So I'll see you guys there. Yeah, it's going to be an experience. And say what you want about records, but the one thing he has on right is build up Wrigley Field and uh, seeing Connor Bedard in the Winter Classic at Wrigley Field is yep. going to be great. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be awesome. And it's something I've dreamed about. I I even wrote about it for Cubby Scrib a few months ago. I'm like, you know, it'd be a great opportunity. Uh, for the for the Cubs and the Blackhawks now with Connor Bedard and the NHL to show off Bedard on the national stage, uh, Winter Classic Wrigley Field, and here we are. Yep. No. Uh, yeah, Connor Bedard is definitely throwing out a first pitch coming up this summer. Oh, right? oh, of easily. course. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And you know they'll interview him and be like, "Oh yeah, really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I like baseball too yeah. and hockey." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I do have one more topic on here. It's the stadiums in Chicago. Do you guys want to touch on this? You want to go for it next week? Uh, I, cause I know before this a podcast, of, a lot of question yeah, marks, but there's still some questions, especially with both the Sox and, uh, bears. Honestly, the report came out about the bears potentially using the South lot at Soldier Field. It seemed like, a well-timed, well-orchestrated leak for the Bears to kind of get to nudge Arlington Heights. I just can't imagine for everything that the Bears will want to do yeah. and then for everything that the Bears complain about not owning Soldier Field, yeah, that they would then stay in the city and not own the new stadium. Yeah, the only thing that made me sad was Kevin Warren saying that there are no plans for anything that isn't a, a full-time roofed stadium because right. I am a meatball and I think the Bears were meant to be played in the elements. Nah. 
Give me a dome. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so we'll talk more about that next week. We'll talk about the Sox Park. Maybe we have a breaking thing happen where it's actually yeah, happening sure. next week. So, um, Jordan, what are we going to name this just stellar podcast that we've just we've just recorded? Uh, let's have the predictions go, and then I'll try and think of a title. Okay, that's fair. Alex, what are we starting the podcast with next week? Super Bowl recap. That's fair. That's a cop out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little yeah. kind of an easy question. Yeah. All right, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey scores three touchdowns, but the big story is how Swifties are pissed at him for not proposing to Taylor Swift. Oh. Oh. Look at that. That's not- you're a bit more creative than my answer. Well, yeah. So, well, I'll give you the opportunity. I will to go with. On the first day of catchers and pitchers reporting, a Cody Ballinger sighting will be in Mesa, Arizona. Speaking into an existence. I love it. What are we naming the podcast? Shout out Devin Hester. We are going to do Crank That Devin Hester. Crank That Devin Hester is the name of the podcast. All right. Uh, All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you don't uh, know, we all write blogs. We all do this content and stuff, and we do it because we have so much fun doing it, but we would love your support. Um, so if you go on the Through the Garden uh, Twitter page, you can see our handles in the bio. Follow us. Follow Cubby's Crib. Follow Sports Mockery. Support us in, in what we're doing here. Um, and go back and forth with us because we like uh, we like going back and forth with people. So. Thank it's you. Fun. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will be back same time, same place next week. Um, congratulations to Devin Hester. And, uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs>